So me being a dad now, I understand and I respect it because I get to look back like he was just trying to figure it out. From the cards he was dealt, he was trying to do the best he could. And and all he knew was all he knew. He didn't have a relationship with his dad too. And so he was just doing what he could. Welcome back everyone to the Modern Masculinity Podcast, a space designed to help redefine what it means to be a man in the modern era. Our hope with this podcast is to support men on their journey towards becoming the best possible version of themselves by providing insight, support, perspective, but most importantly, a safe space to live authentically with a community of conscious kings. Every week we will take a deep dive into topics such as toxic masculinity, men's mental health, personal relationships, conscious leadership, and powerful guest appearances. Men, we see you, we hear you, and we are standing tall beside you every single day in the arena of misunderstood masculinity. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Modern Masculinity Podcast, a space designed to help redefine what it means to be a man in the modern era. I'm your host, CK. And I'm your boy, Anwar Ahmed. And today we have two incredible, incredible guests that are joining us today to have a powerful conversation about fatherhood, a conversation we've had before, but we felt like it would be really, really powerful to bring, bring on some brand new fathers, some, some previous fathers, some almost on the way, another third baby fathers. There's a lot, there's a lot that's going to happen in this conversation. I'm really, really excited. And so, uh, what we have here with you today, we have two guests, CY, he is a wellness coach, a motivational keynote speaker, a D-back coach for the University of BC football, husband, and a father to a newborn, Ezio. And then we have Andreas, a creator of I Want to Be Fitness, mindset and fitness transformational coach, husband, and father of two young boys, Theo and Hendrix. And we did just find out he has another on the way, another boy. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you. you guys. Thank you guys. Excited to be here. Thank, Thank you. you. We appreciate it. Making the time. I know there's a lot going on and having families and with the world shifting, it can be hard to manage and open up some free time. So to have you guys on here is honestly a true honor. We appreciate it because we're not fathers yet and we want to no. be. So that was our biggest pull into this conversation was what's it like? <laughs> what's it like? And how does it go? How has it been? And so before we get into it, we always start with a classic. You know what time it is, Anwar? Mood check. Yo, we're going to toss it up to the guests first. So today's mood check is going to be just simply tell us kind of how you're doing today, how you're, you know, how you're feeling. And then we want you to answer kind of a bit of an icebreaker question. So this question kind of goes like this. In that intro, there was a lot of things that you guys have done, a lot of things that make you who you are, from fitness to being fathers to being husbands to being sons. Out of all those, if all those things are components of your car, what is your engine? What makes you get up every single day? What gives you the drive and the hunger to be who you are, along with answering kind of how you're doing for the day? See why you want to start? Yeah, that's a, that's a jam-packed question, man. You just... You started it heavy like that. You know, <laughs> you'll call me off guard, but you know, I'll do my best. You know, today I'm feeling great, to be honest. I feel like right now I'm at the tipping point of a chapter, like a page is flipping and I'm uh, 
I'm in a mindset where I'm really allowing myself to stay creative. I'm trying to find creative ideas in every angle. So, so I got up today, like, you know, I'm really, I feel like, you know, when you feel the ideas at the tip of your finger, you just can't paint it yet. So I feel like by the end of the day, I might just see a, a, a better visual. So today, like, I feel like something special is coming. And uh, when you say what, uh, what kind of makes me tick, what gets me going, to be honest, uh, my potential, man, my potential. Wow. You know, when I think about my potential, I'm like, man, if I settle, like, really, though, I will be rubbing everyone around me. So when you list a father, a son, whatever, like anything I'm a part of, no, knowing the best way I can best serve each one of them and best serve my community is understanding that my potential, I got I, I to gotta chase it down. I got to chase it down. So that gets me going. You know, that keeps me on the edge for sure. For sure. I'll let Andreas go. That's a great answer. That was, that was a great start. Appreciate it. Andreas. Yes. Today, today, honestly speaking, um, I feel like I was um, brought out of water. Like I just got pulled out of water. I just woke up in all the craziness and right into a chaotic life, COVID, trying to get some tea, running in. So there's a lot of chaos going on in my life. But you know what? Like you said, you know, the one common thing from being a father, from what we do for a living is that my one of my gifts is being able to adapt quickly, you know, and I see me tapping into my gift right now in this moment too, which is adapting and just being in the moment and just taking life as it comes, like having COVID too, being able to adjust. And what is in my engine, to be honest, is I'm very, very competitive. I'm very, very competitive. Like if, if there hasn't been people that have doubted my potential or doubted what I can do for impact for the world or for myself, financially, emotionally, spiritually, whatever impact that I can do in the world, if there haven't been people that doubted it, I create those people in my head. <laughs> and that is my driving force. You I want to personally. I, I was right and you were wrong, but also at the same time, use my platform to inspire people like myself that has been doubted on. So that's my, that's my engine and that's, that's how I feel. Mm. Let's go. Starting the day hot, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of that Michael Jordan, you know, that those memes that kept coming out, he's, when he's, he takes everything personally, just everything yeah. you say, I took it personally. I took it personally. Yeah. I took it personally. <laughs> I wrote <laughs> it down. I wrote it down. <laughs> Sounds like Andreas is on that vibe. So yeah, you know, we could talk about, you know, I feel like you guys have so much more to offer and give above and beyond being a father. You know, I know that we could tap, we could tap into so many other avenues of like your life, but for the sake of the conversation today, we did want to kind of bring it into, you know, one very specific channel of your life. Um, so you can kind of reflect on it and hopefully help us serve the audience of potential fathers, aspiring fathers, and people who are going through some of the, you know, uh, steps leading into fatherhood. So um, where we want to start, though, is, you know, you guys we want to take you back to your childhood. We want to take you back to you being a kid, you know, and in that environment, you know, being in a Nigerian household, being around your parents. Um, what was it like for you guys growing up and what was your relationship with your father at that time? And what did you see was kind of like the first sight of, you know, raising or being raised, uh, um, you know, and being around a father? Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I'm almost like, Andres, do you want to take this? <laughs> or do you want me to? So um, um, let me let me start it up. Okay, I know Siwa is very spicy, you know. So 
<laughs> we had a very, very interesting upbringing. You know, me and Siwa are a year apart, but uh, we literally take turns being the older brother. And uh, it's, uh, it was very interesting because my dad wasn't, uh, wasn't around, not by choice. Like um, he traveled a lot trying to make a, a better life for himself and the family. And we lived in Nigeria, you know, we, we, we went to different spurts in terms of financial stability. And um, we've been in the very bottom and we've been uh, semi, semi in the medium level. So if that makes any sense to your listeners, but uh, yeah, uh, we, we didn't have much of a relationship with, with my dad. We kind of, um, we, our mom was our mom and dad, you know, and, and she's extremely strong uh, strong woman. And, uh, she kind of, she, she, she did the, the butt whooping, you know, and she also did the, the taking care of two as well. So she knew how to handle two, two young men and also two, uh, young ladies too, that she was raising. And, um, you know, when my dad did come in the picture, whenever it would come and visit, you know, um, our relationship was with, with him was, uh, there wasn't much there. It was kind of, um, you know, we are trying to still figure it out. We didn't know any better. We didn't know what it should be like. We didn't know what to compare it to. We just knew my dad was home. And so we'll just try to get to know him. He would tell us stories. My dad is a great storyteller and has stories, has lived a wild life. So there's a lot of information. And that's why I'm very happy that CY is taking the time now to get a lot of that history and information from him now that we're older. So, um, uh, but yeah, that was pretty much it. We didn't have much of a relationship with him. It's not that he was a deadbeat dad. It, it's just, um, he was just trying to make a life. You know, Nigeria at the time was was a very tough country to, to raise kids in if you don't come from wealth. So he, he only, knew what he knew. So me being a dad now, I understand and I respect it because I get to look back like he was just trying to figure it out. From the cards he was dealt, he was trying to do the best he could. And and all he knew was all he knew. He didn't have a relationship with his dad too. And so he was just doing what he could. You know, it's not that he was a deadbeat dad. He just like, you know, being a dad, I really, really do understand now. Like sometimes you gotta make a sacrifice. You gotta sacrifice relationship with your kids. At some point, if the only way out is the only way out, you know? So that's that's from my perspective, but I'll let's see why I take, take over. Yeah, you know what? I think at the end of it is that uh, based on what season of life you ask me this question, the answer will be different. <laughs> you know, because because perspective change the more mature you get you you start seeing a bigger picture you know because if we want to take it all the way back you know like i this honestly believe i think me and andres met our dad like maybe we saw him but actually when we could recall meeting him we we're probably eight or seven and we we're like who's that guy we're like is he is he is he like our uncle because we we actually thought our granddad was our dad for the most part at one point you know what i mean mm -hmm. so there was you know, because he wasn't there and that was the perspective, you know what I mean? Because it was my mom is here and she's trying to do everything and whatever she's, she tells us that's the information we hold tight because she's the one holding it down. You know what I mean? And, and for him, he was trying to make a living. He was trying, he like, my dad has lived 
you know, like I like to say my dad has nine lives, you know, like there's no way he should be alive right now. And I'm actually going to write a book on him and my mom because it's too phenomenal. But anyways, you know, like he wasn't there. So to us, but that also created another opportunity because we have two younger sisters. And so in another season of life, we, we put on a different hat where we started taking care of our sisters also. And that kind of changed the way we operate around kids. So some people are very like, you, man, you guys are so comfortable with kids, but it's, yeah, we, we literally raised our little sisters also. You know what I mean? We're very involved. So there's a disconnect because of the age gap. It's almost like a parenting relationship. So now we're trying to mend that relationship to where it's like, hey, no, we're siblings. Okay, <laughs> let's, try and, let's try and shift that a little bit. And then, so, but we moved over to... The Canada when I was 13 and Andres was 14. And that was the first time we actually got to live with our dad for more than like a month or something. It was actually like, okay, we're living together. You know what I mean? And, but the entire time, because of the age gap and the disconnect and the perspective, it was almost like we're just living in that same household, but we weren't engaging. You know what I mean? Because it was just, it was just roommates. You know what I mean? It's like, Hey, you're there. I'm there. We just kind of had this mutual respect to just let each other be, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But to be honest with you, my very first time, and I remember this very clearly that I was ever on alone with my dad, like just me and him alone. It was, I was, listen, I was heading back to school university. I was 19 years old and he was going to give me a ride to school. And we in this car, he's driving me and I'm like, yo, this is actually the first time that me and him are alone. And I don't know what to say. So we're in this car. I remember he got me coffee at the time. I hated coffee. I'm like, man, this is like, this is the, the moment for us to bond. And I'm trying to like, trying to have a little, <laughs> I'm like, yo, man, I probably sit this much. I threw that shit at like the second I got out of the car. But I was like, this was our moment to bond. Well, again, perspective. And then if you fast forward the last eight years, man, I've come to create such a deep respect for my dad because the more I got to understand his story, we all have stories. Like he, the cards he was, like he was dealt, if I was dealt that, so right now my dad is probably the most humblest. He respects people too much for how corrupt he, the circumstance he grew up is. Like he just just love you just care like the way he expresses it is different he likes to just buy stuff instead of communicate right which is great but uh the more i've come to understand his story the cards he was dealt and i look like how is he still nice to people like how is he even how does he even have patience for people like if i was dealt that card man my flip would be switching every day every second, every moment. Like Andres said, the more we mature and whether you're a dad or not, and I think this is amazing you guys are having this podcast, like talking about fatherhood, because I think no one talks about fatherhood. It's a motherhood. Like me, I'm a mama's boy. We all like a mom, mom, mom. But it's an important story because I find like, you know, my connection with my dad, the, the involvement of it and really understanding that the vulnerability, the more he got real with me, and that also allows me how real I have to be with my kids. You know what I mean? To really establish that base. Because me and my mom could always talk because we've cried. You know what I mean? We've cried together. We've, we've held each other's hand in the deepest moments. You know what I mean? So for my dad, is the more I understood his story in this season of life, man, I'm in awe. And I have to write about it because it's just people would think it's a movie. 
You know, he's he's been through hell and high waters. And I have a deeper appreciation because at that point, I didn't see the other view. It's hard to survive. There's no play cards. Like you try, life is full of sacrifice. There's no right or wrong way. Like we all trying. Everyone is doing the best they can. And that's at the end of the day, like, hey, be what it could. I turned out okay. So he must have done something right. So we good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to talk to that point quickly. Sorry, guys, I don't want to interrupt you. But um, in terms of what we were learning, and this is why me and CY uh, find ourselves in positions of storytelling sometimes, because the best storyteller we knew was my dad. My dad was that guy at every party, was the center, and would tell stories to his friends, to his, uh, to to other kids, to his cousins, like he was just that guy. Whenever he was in town, people love and respect him. But he has, he's not, he's not, he's not wealthy, right? But people, when they see him, they like in Nigeria. When you overly respect someone, you like bow on the ground or you lay down for him. And we've seen men, grown men, when they see my dad, they lay down on the ground and thank him for helping, he's changed a lot of lives. That's the thing, he's a natural giver, he's a good storyteller, and all of this we saw from from just watching him, not from interaction. So we did learn a lot from interaction, uh, from watching him, and this is one thing that really speaks to me too as a dad, is that I know my kids are gonna, the lessons that they watch, they watch and when I'm talking about them, not to them, those are the things that stick the longest, you know, in the identity of who I am and who they are, you know? So that is something I picked up from how I grew and learned from my dad, because I remember watching the way he used to set up the stories, the way he used to like, and everyone, you, you just be like, oh no, oh no. And like, he was just a natural. And I always tell him, I'm like, dad, if you grew up in Canada, you would be like the next Tony Robbins. You could have been the next big guy doing this. You could have sold millions of books. I'm like, you just were dealt a different card, but you were gifted with all these natural gifts and talents to really expand your life. But like me and CY know this now, and that's what we peep game. And my mom, on the other hand, is the hustler. She's more logical. She's more like go getting X, Y, Z, accomplished so with my dad's talent and my mom's talents put together me and CY know that you know we're destined for greatness amen <laughs> amen amen what a start fellas oh wow man. I love that we started there I mean there's so many like second questions I want to ask but um I'll, I'll ask I'll ask one second question because I think it's important because I'm at that place too, where you guys are at of like understanding the maturity of, you know, what your father was going through, like hearing you both speak, I can tell you're like in a very mature place about the whole thing, right? Like you understand it, you see it for what it is. It's almost like you've gone to the point of like, you went, you started looking at your dad as a human again, and not as a father, right? You got back to seeing a human being and that allowed you to like, embody the perspective that you needed to to see what a human had went through and then now you're adding that layer and he's my dad so i can you know empathize my friends let's talk about mental health 
and the sponsor of this podcast. This episode is sponsored by Tether, a peer-enabled mental health and well-being platform for men. Tether helps men find meaning and purpose through community, accountability pods, and a 24-7 support network. Tether invites us all to be a part of changing the face of masculinity and letting every man know that struggling and vulnerability doesn't make you any less of a man. It simply makes you human. And for me, I've had a lot of personal experience with this app. I've used it many times. I've shared a lot of vulnerable moments. I've shared some strength moments, some exciting moments. The app is open for everyone to simply just share. And like it said in the introduction, a peer-enabled space where we're supporting each other without any pressure to fix, just simply to honor each other's journey. They also just added in a conscious content section where they're sharing podcasts they're sharing blog posts it is a really powerful space so we really want to implore you and encourage you to download it from the app and google store it is tether t-e-t-h-r available on both app stores join the community i promise you will not regret it Take me back because I think it's important for people because there's a lot of people who are in the not so mature stage of their relationship with their father. You don't have to go on and on and on about it. But when you felt broken about, you know, what that that relationship like, was there a time where you felt like, man, I just want my dad here right now? You know what I mean? And he wasn't. And you felt like there was like, does that add to that competitive nature that you have, Andreas? Or does that add to who you are as a person uh, that that chapter of like when it wasn't so mature, the relationship you couldn't see it 2020, you couldn't see the perspective, you didn't have the knowledge and the wisdom to understand why your father wasn't around or why you couldn't have a relationship with him. I think, uh, let me go on this quickly here. I think uh, that's a great question because I think not necessarily because for me, I'm never that guy like, hey, I need someone here, but I think not having him there created this need to provide in me. It was like, it was like, you know, seeing how much my mom was grinding, seeing how things were, I was like, like for, for as long as I can remember, I've told people I'm going to retire my mom for as long as I remembered. And that was like the first thing that jumped out of my mouth because then it created this, this, this desire to do something bigger than no one in my family line as can, as ever even imagined you know what i mean so so for me like you know that created that that huh because but then it was almost that but but it came with some little bit of anger at times you know what i mean and then i had to get healing on that because at the end of the day it's it was freeing to get to know him more because you're like man he did good if you dealt me that card with how i think right now I don't even know how it operated, you know? Yeah, I want to jump on that real quick. Like, honestly, like looking back, I don't think I ever resented or needed because like my dad only came during Christmas, like every other Christmas when we were in Nigeria, that was the only time we would see him or like once every three Christmas, you know? And there was one time he got deported and we, we, we spent a little bit of time with him too. So um, whenever I did see him, I was excited because he always came with gifts. You know, he, he was the less strict parent. You know, he never, like, 
there's a few times my dad has really raised his voice at me and CY. And my mom, on the other hand, <laughs> every day. My mom is militant. So, but like my dad is like very, so I never, me personally, I never had that. And for advice for anyone that is going through that, that is in that early stage of resenting or, or still struggling with that tug of war, is that it comes when it does. It comes when it does, you know, like when you get to that position that you should really, you can really digest the information from the perspective of life, looking at both sides, you will understand it. No one can force feed you the knowledge you need to have to understand that state. Like you will understand it when you do. Like for me now, where I'm at with two kids and one more on the way, I totally, one million percent, understand and fully accept and uh, my dad is a hero to me because he was brave he was very very brave from when he had cancer how he handled it like a man from when um uh, you know he he tried to smuggle himself into europe like he is a brave 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 man and he, he set the bar really high for how far you should go as a man to make something happen, even though it didn't happen, but he tried. And for me, uh, I think it just happens with life, you know? It's like all of us growing up as individuals, you, you figure out, you fully understand something when you can and when you should. Yeah, and one last thing I was gonna say is just understand that every relationship is a two-way street. And in order for that to actually happen, you actually have to take an effort to making that relationship work. Because sometimes it's like, you almost just like, is that at some point, if you want to consider yourself as an adult, it's like, okay, I still have a role to play in this relationship moving forward, despite the history. You know what I mean? So it is a two-way street and you have to still try just as much as you want them to try. You know what I mean? So I love that. I'm taking it all in as I have a, a non-existent relationship with my father. And so I was just taking all of that in and, and listening to all of the stories. And it's beautiful to hear all the work that you guys have done to come to the place that you're at now. And I say specifically the work you've done because it took a lot of effort to get past some of the, the old ideologies and the old perspectives that you maybe used to have. And allowing yourself to open up and see and hear what actually went on behind the scenes that you would have never known about and how that shifted. And so a question comes, and I think you guys have already kind of answered it, but if there maybe was one big takeaway, how has that relationship with your father impacted the way you act now as an adult today? Not necessarily a father, but how has that relationship impacted you and how does it make you act today? If there was one or two things you would say about that uh it's uh it's maybe more patient you know what i mean like you said like andrea said it, it's just uh just seeing because we watch a lot right and we learn from just seeing how people operate it's just made me more patient more forgiving and understanding like you know when i think i know it i actually don't know it at all because i had this identity that i painted my dad as you know what i mean and until i again intentionally sat down i want to hear your story like tell me like just interviewed my dad literally like this and 
the more I got to learn about him and the depth of it, it was like, wow. You know what I mean? It's again, it was like, wow. And it's just, it made me more patient because sometimes we just have a perceived knowledge of childhood memory that we emotionalized, intensified it, a little extra. It was what it was, but we made it even higher because the emotion was so attached to it. And now we'll, 20 years passed from it and we've even amplified it, although it wasn't even that amplified. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. understanding at the end of the day, like in order for those walls to come, because there's certain things we're going to need to free ourselves from if we really want to live the life we want to live. You know what I mean? And and so so it, it's made me more patient. It's made me more forgiving. And just knowing that people change, I change, mm-hmm. you know, and not necessarily change. I just get to see a better picture of who they are. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's a more forgiving. Yeah, uh, for me, it's been it's been huge. You know, uh, uh, I've really been through some stuff that I've seen the unconditional love from my dad and uh, and my mom. And it really tells me like love is just a word in the English uh, language. You know, word love is just a word. But people show love every day without using that word. You know, and showing love is more impactful than saying love. And my dad, my dad showed us tremendous, strong, deep, powerful, brave, courageous love. Even though, but I am mature to see this now. You know, if you asked me this about seven years ago, I would be saying it's a totally different thing. But he did show us love without saying love. My, my dad has never told us he loved us. And but my, I know it. <laughs> mom said it like two times. And but but my dad says he loves my kids every day. He calls them every time. Oh, I love those boys so much. I'm like, this guy never said it. That's <laughs> He loves them. He's the softest thing ever. My dad calls me and pressures me and see why to have more kids every time. All he wanted, because he thought he was about to die a few years ago. They gave him about six weeks and he lived past it. And he's in Nigeria, in our culture, the Benin culture. It is a big blessing when you can see your grandkids. And he never thought he would see a grandkid, his grandkids. And when I had Theo, you know, he was so happy and, you know, deal, everything was not exactly planned. So he was the one that motivated me to do the right thing. It was like, you got to be there. I want to see that kid. I want to see my grandkid. And, you know, he impacted me in that way. And by having my son, my son woke up a next level of grind, focus, hustle, motivation. Why? And my son made my life, my life now. You know, my kids made my life, my life now. Without them, I would have still been dress that was post-football athlete that was just trying to do whatever and however, you know. And my kids put a center and a focus and a kind of streamline everything that I needed to do in my life. And if if I didn't have my dad there to support me and, and uh, tell me the right things to do in the most important moment of my life, I don't know what I would have done or where I could have landed and so it's really impacted my life in a huge way and I see how much he loves my kids and see why he's a kid too and it's just it's just a big blessing you know to see a granddad that's willing to you know drop everything out of 
drop everything at any point to come support, you know, so. I really hope our listeners are, you know, really taking things in here because there's a lot to be unpackaged. There's a lot of, you know, um, I mean, I'm being so genuine, like the, the knowledge that you guys are dropping here right now is so profound. You know, it's like you're going through a journey of, you know, resentment to understanding to being able to just I, I show love, like just even what you were saying, Andreas, there about love, like that is so true. You know, there's a lot of people like even in my culture, like I've never seen my parents kiss. Right. Like they don't they don't like they didn't they didn't kiss around us like that's not what North what North America sees, like, you know, of like love is like, you know, um, so I naturally grew up a little bit like less affectionate, but it doesn't mean I don't love you. You know what I mean? And it's 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 to be able to understand that like someone can love you and care for you and have your back. But maybe if you're not, you know, receiving it or you're not you're used to it looking a certain way. That's where the maturity comes into play, right? Being able to see those things in different ways and be able to see and identify that, hey, the storyline you got going on in your mind, the one that you're making up is, is not absent of love. Love is there. It just looks a little bit different. It just, it just looks a little bit different. So you guys are doing a brilliant job of laying that out with your, you know, your own unique stories. Just a real quick question for you guys while we're kind of here. You talked about your kids there. Have you guys always wanted to be fathers? Have you guys, have you guys always had a desire to want to be fathers? Or did the whole kind of, you know, being a father thing come later in life for you? Or did you have that kind of feeling inside you at a young age? For, for, for me personally, I, I always wanted a lot of kids. I always wanted like 10 kids, 11 kids. But um, I wanted to be a millionaire first. That was that was my goal. I wanted to be financially free. I wanted to get. I had so you know when you're a kid. Oh, when I'm thirty, I'm gonna be a billionaire. I'm gonna have a mansion. I'm gonna have this. I'm gonna have, <laughs> you know, thinking the cards are gonna play out. But God had a different plan, and um, I truly believe that um, like just the world, like everything happens the way it should. Like I, I really have that deep feeling and understanding now and I've accepted it because there's a lot of things I went through being uh, a young father and see why knows see what was huge 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 support for me during those times but there was a lot of things I went through and a lot of people don't know and it was it was a very tough time it was a very, very tough time. And I didn't want that because I know this, what happens when you have kids and you're not in a comfortable or, or a set up situation in your life in terms of your career, your finances, your your city, your, your, your living, all of these little intricate things that make life comfortable. You know, there was, there was it, it, I wasn't ready for that, you know? Honestly, and um, but you like I said, my superpower is being able to adapt, you know, and I knew, you know, but as well as that's my superpower, I also needed my support system. So um, uh, my brother really uh, was tremendous. Uh, my brother and my mother, you know, they were huge. And my dad, you know, they really helped uh, encourage me uh, in a lot of ways and gave me the boost that I needed when I needed it. And um, for any young dads there that, that didn't plan to be a dad and they're being given a certain card is uh, the best advice I have to tell them is uh, whatever you go through, 
if you're willing to go through it, your life, you wouldn't be able to imagine it. The greatness that, that will be in front of you, the, the blessings that will be in front of you. If you're willing, if you're willing to go through it, you cannot fathom the opportunity and perspective and greatness that will lie in front of you. But you have to have the courage to go through that dark, dark time. And you need to, and that time is really gonna show you who are your true support pillars. Like I said, love is just a word in the English dictionary. <clears throat> a lot of people will tell you they love you, but when you go through that time, you're gonna see, you're gonna feel who loves you. You know, so that's that's why I don't know if I even answered your question. <laughs> it was telling me to say that, and I said it. <laughs> oh, we appreciate it. No, it was good. It was good. Thank you. See why you always wanted to be a father. Oh yeah, man. I was on a whole basketball team. No, I've been, I've been saying I'm gonna have a whole van, a whole squad, a whole squad ready. You know, yeah, you know, for me, I've, you know, I've, I've always loved kids. You know, my mom even had a day home at one point, and like. You know, for, for me, I've always like, when I see kids, I'm just like, man, I can't wait to like, you know, I'm always visualizing like, you know, and uh, like I even, you know, one day who knows, uh, maybe even like adopt a child, you know, it's, it's been in my heart, you know, because, you know, yeah, you know, just like, you know, kids just make your life richer, fuller, you know, so yeah, always wanted to be that. So definitely grateful, very, very grateful. Love that. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, it's interesting to hear the influence because I think the relationship we have with our fathers growing up can sometimes impact our desire or lack of desire to be a father in the future. And so it's interesting to hear that your experience with your guys as father has led you to such a strong thought processes and perspective towards having as many kids as you do. You don't just want one or two, you want, you want teams. And I think yeah. that's, that's crazy. I think I love that though. And, you know, being surrounded by that growing up is incredible, but there's, there's a question that's looming for, for me and it was looming before this conversation. Cause I think it's just a fascinating time for, for both of you. And, you know, Andreas, you're kind of in it already and see why you just came out of it. The process of going from knowing your, having right no finding out that oh she's pregnant to the baby being conceived there's a lot of thought that goes in that space there's a lot of i can and i can only imagine i'm not even in that position yet and andreas you're already shaking your head because i i can only imagine how much is running through your mind in those nine months it's not like it's quick and it's not like you can plan years it's nine months so within that time span what was something that maybe you were like most worried about, about being a father or about the process? What was it? What was a concern and how did you manage and work through that? Uh, um, I think it all depends. There's a, <clears throat> to answer that question, honestly, it's very, it's, it goes by the individual in terms of where you are in your life, right? If you're with your fiance, uh, your, your wife, right? you guys have been together for a few years and you're like, oh, I'm, let's have a kid. It's a different thought process going on. Then if you're a young guy that just became, try to go pro in football, didn't work out. And while you're preparing yourself and reading up to get back into your dream, you find out um, a girl you see that's pregnant. It's a totally different 
thought process there. And for my case, um, uh, at the time, you know, I'm like I said, like you have to type. There's something I do when I work out, and it's something I do in life now. And I notice different spots in my life that I did it. You have to motivate yourself. You have to hype yourself for what is about to happen. Like literally, I'm crippled with fear. You know, like, oh my God, what am I gonna do? How am I gonna do it? But, and I'm curious, how is it even gonna look like? You know, I'm trying to compare my fiance's face and my face and <laughs> like, how's it gonna look like? You know, what is he gonna be like? And I remember when I first saw Theo, my first son, and I looked at him, I was like, of course he's gonna look like this. I, <laughs> it's like I already knew him, you know? And um, uh, in my heart, like, I, I just couldn't feel, I was just there, you know, I was just staring, I was just, this, this, I don't even know how to explain it, but I think it's different for everybody. But I think I'm naturally a soft person. You know, I just had a dream that I was crying at a dance party with CY and a bunch of our football players last night, which, which is great. <laughs> I was like, why were you crying so much? <laughs> was, that was just a random side note. Um, but uh, anyways, uh, yeah, I'm an emotional guy. So for me, I was just in there just looking at him and you know and um uh i just know you know it, it's motivation i i motivate myself in those moments you know i'm like you have to do this you have to you dream of of living a great life a fulfilled life a financially free life you have to make it happen you have to make it happen or die trying you know this is this is a real thing it's a very real thing to me, you know? Um, so it's one of those things like when you're going through that transition, it depends on the individual, but wherever you are, whoever you are, it is best, it, whatever is gonna happen is gonna happen the way it should. You know, all you can do is your best. Like my dad did his best at that time. Like I'm trying to do my best, you know, at this time, like you guys, in the future, if you want kids are gonna be trying to do your best. It's just gonna be like, I feel like you cannot predict, you cannot know too much, you cannot plan so much, no matter how much advice you get. It's just when that moment happens, it's gonna happen to you. You're gonna feel it the way you would in that specific situation with what you have, what cards you dealt with. You know, that's all I have to say about it. Mm. Yeah, you know, for me, you know, it's, it's a very interesting question because I have two different uh, experiences with it. You know, the, you know, we, uh, we had a boy a year and a half ago and uh, his name was Kenzo. And, and uh, in, in that month leading up to it, it was like, I'm here like, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. You know, like we, you know, I'm, getting him stuff, this is Kenzo, like making videos. I'm doing like this whole uh, GoPro, like going around, documenting the entire pregnancy. Like this was going on, we're going for this appointment. We got this happening, we got that happening. And, you know, you know, like I like to say my, my best day and my worst days were literally side by side, you know, you know, I, I had my boy and it was like, 
you know, it was, I remember calling everyone that night. It was like the craziest thing. And the very next day, all of that ended. And, and that, and that messed with me, like that really messed with me. And so the next time we're pregnant, I'm like this whole period, I'm messing with So yeah, every day I was afraid. Every single day I was afraid. Every single day I had a, a counter and I was celebrating week by week. So yeah, the months leading up to it, like you know, one moment I was excited every day. The next one, every single day I was praying and afraid. So, but the biggest thing I know is, man, like, like kids are the biggest miracles they are, you know, like, you know, when we think about a miracle, we're always kind of waiting to see someone blind, now they can see, or someone that, you know, couldn't walk, now they can walk, but when we think about a, a child, uh, a person, it's like, how can man do that, you know, that is, that is the biggest mystery of it all. You know what I mean? Someone that has their own mind, their own future, their own identity. So the months leading up to it, I, I feel like this fear, this excitement, there is uncertainty. And But again, what is meant to happen happens. But yeah, for me, I have two drastic experiences. And I think for me, any pregnancy, it's like I'm just on guard. It's just like, that's my backstory for that. But yeah. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. Um, yeah, I think we're, we're a little, we're obviously a little struck and I'm sure most are when, when you share that story, but I really appreciate the fact that you were willing to and, and, you know, sharing stories like that are not easy. And I think a lot of people shy away from it. And uh, I just really honor you and, and, and grateful for you in this moment because I think what you just did for not only just us, but for everybody that ever listens to this episode is just shifted our perspective on a human life and the process and how grateful we should be more often for life. And I just really want to thank you for that. And I appreciate that. And, you know, this whole room is, is feeling everything for you, even though it isn't happening in this moment. And uh, there's so much love being sent your way right now in this moment. So I appreciate you and thank you. Honestly, it was, it was powerful. Super powerful, man. I, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's one of those things, man. It's like, these are, when we started this podcast, it was because, you know, sometimes we don't talk about stuff like this, you know, we keep it within our small circles and we to talk like, you know, see why I'm, you know, I was lucky enough to meet you 40 minutes ago. And now I feel like I know such a big part of you, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And it's like, I, I feel like there's always this wall with men sometimes where we can't share something that's, that's, that's painful because like, 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 you know, Andrea said, it's like really on the other side of pain is the beauty, you know? And, and if we always hold back pain, we don't show people pain. We always hide it. Then we don't, we don't really understand what we're fighting for, you know? And I think, you know, like you said, everything happens for a reason. And in your story, you know, you were dealt with so much pain and so much joy right after it was almost like the lesson was taught to you in, you know, a very simple, you know, in a very simple form and a very hard digestible form, but thank you, man. I appreciate you, you know, showing your heart and, 
being transparent throughout this whole conversation and especially within that story. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, you know, like you mentioned, it's, I think that's the biggest thing with fatherhood and men. It's, you know, we, it's so hard for us to get vulnerable. It is, I think that's the, is this stigma of, you know, real men don't cry. And, and I think when we can break that, because, you know, to be a real father, to have that kind of relationship, we have to get vulnerable with our family. We have to get vulnerable with the people around us. You know, it's necessary to build good relationships. The next question we kind of had for you is kind of to, you know, pull pull us out of that, you know, emotional space that we, we created um, and that was needed. And what we wanted to ask was, you know, given that both of you guys are very, very good at what you do on social media, great content creators, you guys are, you know, see why you're saying how you're using every moment of life to try to think of something to be creative about. And, you know, we understand the power of creativity and social media and everything that the world can give us, right? How have you guys thought about the process of, you know, raising children in, in, in a world where so many people can grab at them, you know, so many people can get to them, so many people can get to what's important, you know, what's their mind and what's in between their ears. Have you, how have you guys thought about, you guys both being guys who leverage social media and, and all those things, how have you guys navigated or thought about a game plan on how do you plan on raising kids in an era that we weren't raised in? You know, we're prepared to raise kids in the era we grew up in because that's what we saw and that's where we learned from. We really don't know what's coming for us, right? So how have you guys shifted your mindset or what are some tips that you guys have in your mind? Uh, what is your mamba mentality? I would say to see why, since you know I see that you're Kobe Bryant, uh, Kobe Bryant guy. What is the strategy and the mindset um, of raising children in 2020 for you guys, if you have any? And just Ali, take this one first. <laughs> uh, for me, I speak greatness into my kids. I want to fill up their cups so much with just what their greatness is you know like my kids i i watch them every day and i literally just see what what is the, what are they like well, who are they like what is what are they more inclined to doing what do they like well like i'm trying to understand them as young young kids growing up and i'm trying to see what are their superpowers and whenever I spot one, I let them know immediately. And then I tell Brittany about it and I make sure they're hearing it in the background. And it's something that we do. And Brittany, my fiance, is an amazing, amazing mother. And she's constantly just like my son, Theo, whenever, let's say I upset him or I tell him he cannot do something, he goes like this, daddy, you hurt my feelings. He He's so good at explaining how he truly feels in those moments is very because that is a culture we we're building in our house like like that transparency that they can talk to us when they're going through something they can be vulnerable in front of us they can cry they can say what they have to say if they don't like something we said they can tell us that they don't like it it doesn't mean we're going to change it but they can tell us you know what i mean and that is something my fiance has been deep into she's really dove into uh, child psychology and really try to study it and understand how to raise kids the best way you know for me i'm i'm an african 
mindset guy. Like I just got to install warrior mentality in my kids. You know, I always tell them at nighttime, I, you know, I tell them I love them. I kiss them and I always say, you're great. You know, you're a great deal. We never give up. You're the strongest. You're so good looking. You're so smart. You're brilliant. Like I try to just pour all of this greatness so that when he gets out of the world, like he can sense negative energy the second it comes in front of him. And he will be like, this is not what I'm used to. So I'm out of here. He's going to push it far away because he's been poured, baptized with so much love and greatness in his household. He can feel and sense negative energy as soon as he sees it. If someone tries to tell him something that is not his true identity, he'd be like, well, my dad told me for, for 18 years, I was great, that I was destined to be great, that I was smart, that I was brilliant, that I was good looking, you know, that I'm gonna, that I'm a good builder. My dad told me this for 18 years, almost every day. Who are you to tell me that is wrong? You know, that is what I try, that's what I'm trying to do, you know, but like anybody else, you're just figuring it out as you go. But this is one thing I know it is crucial Words are everything, like the word love too. Words are everything. Words are everything. Words can make or break somebody. So I try to instill the right words while they're watching and when I'm speaking about them. So that's what I've been doing. That's good, interest. That's really good. I like that. I love that Get the that's notebooks good. out. Take your pen that's and really paper good. out. That's really good. Because I think, listen, like you said, we're in, we're in an era that this unfamiliar territory, you know, you can be like, yo, my kids are not going to do this. Watch this, do that. You're, at the end of the day, we are consuming that culture. So part of even what we're doing right now, we're all on a laptop. You know, we're in an era where we make money off being on social using you know what i mean that's how we hustle you know so and this one this one and i says i says and if you don't use it like you're being you know what i mean you're not being smart so at the end of the day your kids are going to be exposed to you on the phone on the computer constantly hustling right and there's so much negativity out there like addresses and there's so much and we can Focus because the problem I find is that some people are so focused on, oh my God, how am I gonna? Does this happen? Is this like focusing on the things they cannot control? You know what I mean? You can focus on the things you can't control, like Andrea says, the words, the way you you find moments. Like, listen, my boy is very little, but like I see him do something, I'm like, yo, you got this now. It's right there. Come on, champ. Just give me two more steps. So for me, I'm a natural coach. I'm a natural encourager. So like Andres is saying that that's shit. I see that moment. I'm like, okay. All right. You can do this. Oh, come on, man. Show me what you got. So for me, I find is we need to celebrate little milestones. We need to create the space where sharing is just what we do. You know what I mean? So that when they're actually going through the realest of realest, I'm sharing because the only way they will share with me, I got to share with them. Even if I think they don't understand, I got to just share with them. Yo, man, this is how it's happened. This is what's going. Because the more we can just make sharing just a default for the both of us. But on top of that, it's like just constantly feeling each other. Like I will find any moment to encourage my kids. Like I will find, like you, like I won't find too many moments to, 
because it's okay. All right, come on, give me some, make it fun. Let's do a little handshake. Ah, okay, all right. Anytime you do this, we do this. So again, the kids learn by having fun. So so making making any moments like that, teaching them having fun. Because at the end of the day, we're not escaping this era. It's this is just the beginning. This is imagine what a decade like the technology era is growing at this rate. It's not doing this. So <laughs> we are we are we are screwed. Everyone is screwed. But we gotta just focus on what we can control because. You can't control what is going to come up. Like kids will be watching shit on their palm. Who knows what's going to happen. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you just got to build them up and tell them, like Andrea said, you are destined for greatness. You know, they need to hear that at home. They need to know that their life means something, that they matter, that they were put on this planet for a reason. And mm-hmm. that's necessary. Let's go. I'm fired I'm up. Fired I'm up. Fired Let's up. go. These guys are... Now, for all the listeners, you know why we brought these two on, because it's not just a talk about father. This talks, they're, they're motivators. They're inspirers. That's what they're here for. Let's go. I'm ready. Wow. No, that's uh, You guys said it both best, man. You know, it's the words, the encouragement, the, you know, the way the world we live in now, it's like, you know, I don't know about you guys, but my parents, it was almost like ignorance, ignorance was bliss. You know what I mean? It was like the less you, the less you knew, the better. Like that was kind of like, they could protect you because it was like, you don't know anything. I'm not going to show you this. I'm not going to show you that. Like there wasn't where now, if you're a kid, you have a curious thought, you have the power in your hand to like expose that curiosity. And sometimes you're not ready for that information. Like because your mind showed you something doesn't mean you're ready for it at that age. And our parents were lucky. It was like, oh, you have a curiosity about that. Good luck finding it anywhere else. Like you have, you hang out in this block. I know your three friends. That's it. You know what I mean? Where now you're like, you were saying, having sharing as a default setting is important because you're going to get the information. I just want to know that you will talk to me about the information as well, that we can have a dialogue so that the guy who's been telling you you're great your whole life can have two cents to share on this one topic, you know? But if you don't build that trust early, if it's not a default setting and your kid is getting information and running from you, well, now you're playing with fire. Now you're in a danger zone. You know what I mean? So I think it's less about adopting some of the mentality of my parents of being like, I'm just going to you know, keep everything away from you. And that will be the way I protect. We have to adopt almost a mentality of you do know. I just have to make sure that I help you filter the crowd. You know what I mean? And what a great way of saying, you know, you know what it feels like to be great every single day in your house and you walk up against someone who's like, like, you know, talking to you negatively. You're right, man. You will feel that right away. Like you will feel it immediately. Yes. But if, if people have been talking down to you your whole life, you can't even tell, you can't even tell a room full of no's and yeses. You know what I mean? You're just walking in. You have no idea what room you're in because mm-hmm. no one's helped you build yourself up. You know what I mean? So very well said. Very good. I points just want to touch on one quick point. And uh, it was just something that came to me. It's like, um, you know, as a man of the house, you know, we're the leaders, you know, uh, um, we, we women are equal leaders towards well with us <laughs> <laughs> just to clarify <laughs> i don't want it to cancel your podcast <laughs> right beside us it's an 11 two ones two ones but um as the leaders you know we have to take different forms of leadership at different points you know there's the router leadership you know, where you literally have to hype and motivate and be the personal hype man for your 
family, for your spouse, for your kids. You have to hype them. You have to remind them of their greatness. You have to wake up the energy. You have to transfer the energy. There's the rara time to do that. There's the leading by example, which is one of the most important one. You literally got to model the behavior you want them to, to have. You know, sometimes I carry like four books and I go in a corner so that my kids can see me. I'm not reading shit. <laughs> <laughs> I like this from one of my friends, you know, he was a big reader. I'm like, why you like reading so much? It's so boring. It was my roommate, Eli. His parents were readers. He saw his parents sit to be bored to do that. So I want my kids to see me being bored. Maybe I might catch a couple words in there. <laughs> you know, and there's also leading, uh, uh, being a, a leader that knows how to like take, take people aside and know how to give them uh, um, uh, a compliment in like one-on-one and giving them a compliment in front of people. You know, you have to understand what kind of person that is that you want to give a compliment to. Like for Theo, he loves to get praised. You know, he's my first son, loves to be the center of attention. So I praise him in front of everyone. He's a builder, he builds stuff. I will FaceTime my dad, I'm like, dad, look at what he built. And he looks at it, he's like, yeah, I built this shit, you know? So it's a lot of great stuff. And I just want to touch on that, those leadership points, like whatever leadership points or models that people follow, try to apply that right into your family or just, like I said, just try to model that into your family. You know, you're the CEO of the corporation of your household, you know, so you have to make sure you're following the right models of leadership, right? Uh, we only have a few questions left for you guys, but one of them I would love to know is, uh, now that you guys are both fathers, what's been the most rewarding part about the process? If there's one, maybe there's multiple things. What's like the, what would you say? Is I, the I would just say my, honestly, you know, it gave my life a real purpose. Mm. You know, it, it literally gave my life a real purpose before having kids. Like I said, you know, I was one of those people that God truly blessed to just have opportunities. And I took it for granted a lot, you know, and having kids gave my life a purpose. There were many times I was in a dark place and if I didn't have kids or my family, you know, uh, things could have ended up in a different way. So having kids literally saved my life and recharged and boosted my life towards what God wanted it to be. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, honestly, man, just just made my life richer, man. You know, I, I don't know. I think that's the best way to put it. Just, you know, there's not a dad I don't smile because I just see my boy smiling. You know, a smile is contagious. You know, so so it just it just it just brings more joy to me. You know, like this, no matter what's going on, like you can always there's always something to be grateful for. If I can't even. And gratitude, you know, can shift that fear around, right? So, and there's always something to be grateful for. So, oh. definitely. Gratitude can shift that fear around. I love that. <laughs> T-shirt right there. <laughs> <laughs> love it. 
Appreciate you sharing. Awesome. That's great. That's great. And last question for you guys. Uh, we ask everybody this on the ending of the podcast, just kind of a, as a sign off. So the question goes, if you guys knew that you had 24 hours to live and things were coming to an end and the, all the apps and all the socials and all the motivation and the inspiration and all the transformation that you guys have ever done, uh, all those messages and everything was deleted and there was nothing left. And all there was, was an opportunity to leave one or two messages either to all the men or to all the fathers out there. What would you leave them with? Mm. My, my barber said one thing and it was one of the realest, most simplest things anyone ever said to me, but you know, it talks about in this one statement, you can dissect reaching for your potential you can dissect jumping into being a father and being present. You can dissect whatever you want to take from it, whoever you are. But he said this, <clears throat> not taking a risk is taking a risk. And that is the one message I would just leave to people because there's so many people that live their life uh, subpar of what their true potential is, or don't even try or settle. You know, I'm allergic to settling. So uh, I, I want people to remind themselves by you not taking a risk on yourself, you're taking a risk in the life you're living. Mike drop, see why you got, you got big shoes to fill. <laughs> I think we can end it right there. I think that was, I think that was, you know, like he said, for me too, it's, you know, I think one of my biggest mission, I feel like, is just uh, so many people have just decided to settle in life. They've just decided to just be on default setting and just wait until the day they die. And, you know, if I, if I could just tell anyone, it's like, you know, why not you? You know what I mean? It's like, you know, why not you? Like, honestly, answer that question. Why not you? Aren't you worth it? Aren't your dream desire? Like, like you know what I mean? Why not you? Like, you know, like, honestly, just answer that question. Why, why wouldn't you, you know what I mean? You deserve it. Why wouldn't you like, can we honestly say we don't deserve it? We don't deserve to live a life that is full with success and fulfillment. You know what I mean? Why not you? So like Andrea said, not taking it. I think that right there is it. Why not? Why not? Why wouldn't you take a risk? Why not? So, yeah. Why not you and not taking a risk is a risk. I hope you guys, you know, wrote that down. We want to thank you for obviously joining us. This was a very powerful conversation. Um, just so as we expected. Yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, we were excited for days before this, just knowing the characters you guys were and, you know, what we were originally going to have, and, you know, we're going to have this conversation off air, but it's like, we wanted to talk about fatherhood and becoming fathers and everything that we think of, it was so much cooler hearing it from people that are already in those shoes. So I'm so happy that this came together. And, you know, I think that you guys have helped not only fathers who are stepping into fatherhood, but you guys have helped fathers who are currently in their households trying to be those leaders, become better leaders with some of the words that you've said here today. So thank you so much for taking the time. Um, we appreciate you guys being here and for opening up too. Um, you know, it's not easy to open up sometimes and um, you guys showed a great, you know, great display of transparency and openness and i know that your families you know admire you guys for that too for sure thank, thank you, you.
much. Thank you guys so much for having us. We truly appreciate you guys. And I really believe this, like the conversation would not be what it was if it wasn't for you guys. You know, you guys do have that energy that allows us allows us to feel comfortable. I remember meeting Kyle at Good Life and just he just had that energy like, you know, I've always known him. You know, there's some about him we could always just talk and catch up and it was just a good good energy and you guys have that in you and I, i'm thankful that you guys have this platform and you guys are sharing it with young guys like us to try to inspire and still learn and remind ourselves of what we know already so thank you guys for the opportunity uh uh and i just pray that you guys keep keep doing what you're doing and keep striving for greatness yeah second that honestly this has been great you guys did a phenomenal job and yeah it's been amazing thank you guys Thank you very much. Appreciate it. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Masculinity Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and we invite you to join us next week as we put out content every single Wednesday. Our goal with this platform is to create a community to support men on their journey of becoming conscious kings. And in saying so, if you took any value out of this episode or previous episodes, please share, download, subscribe. And if you're feeling really up to it, go ahead and leave a review. You can follow us at Modern Masculinity. Remember that it's with a K, not a C, to represent the mask that we wear. And like always, thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week.